1: El Huddle is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. We are officially in November. We are officially at the halfway point of the season. Welcome into yes. El Huddle, everybody. I'm MJ Acosta Ruiz. With me, Primo. Will Selva. Oh
2: man,
1: Will, I'm still recovering from the weekend. Yeah,
2: well, tell me, Demon, what happened?
1: Things took a turn. Um, As you know, I had a slight disdain for Halloween festivities. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, Ended up with two different costumes, Um, several activities throughout the weekend. Yes, uh, my bestie, Joy Taylor, always gets me. I was like begrudgingly driving to her house like, I just had a whole, we already knew, she she had sent me a text saying, I have unicorn accessories, plan around that. So I threw everything that had glitter from my closet, which is a lot, as you know, Will.
2: Yeah, well, but do you go over car. there, did you go over there like Eeyore, or were you like, okay, Eeyore. Joy's gonna Eeyore. get me out of this thing?
1: Full Eeyore. Then okay. I go over there and someone steals my parking space. So I was not in a good mood. Oh, okay. I was not in a good mood. But then I walk in and she's already right, Like she's in her Ursula wig. She's like full, but like you can't be upset. You can't be upset about anything. She's so festive about it. And yeah. then I walk in and she's like, I got you, girl. Come on, let's do your makeup. Here's the outfit. And then suddenly, five minutes later, I'm like, huh? let's go so yes things things changed pretty rapidly and then monday night actual halloween i got to take um the ruiz girls our colleague omar ruiz's daughters trick-or-treating they were all they were like on their fifth costumes of the weekend and um they were all princess themes they had gone through multiple costumes the last one was princess theme so of course somebody
2: somebody was a princess
1: yes of course Well, i was like the fair the bougie god auntie Right. Cause I don't think fairy godmother is appropriate. <laughs> but of course, I have like my former beauty queen, like pageant crowns. I have this extravagant robe. Who has these things in their house? Me, apparently.
2: No, so, it looked like you were having fun. Looked no, like we you were having time. fun.
1: It was yes. so cute, Will. It was so cute. But yeah, so I, this happens every year. Every year, I start off as the Halloween Grinch and end up as a fairy godmother of some sort. So. Yeah, never see. listen to me when i'm like a bitter and upset about something because i will probably change my mind yeah yeah and, and
2: we'll we'll check back in a year how you feel around this <laughs> time year. when we do the yeah. podcast uh yeah. we have bags of candies laying around
1: no how and, many uh,
2: we have two big bags and no. uh growing up my grandmother loves sweets And so what my dad would do is he would put chocolates inside the Easter eggs and they'd put them around the house, but she would then follow behind him and eat the eggs. And so I feel like I'm doing that right now. Amazing. And I feel a little bit like my mom when she's at restaurants. And you know what I'm Mm. talking about is she is the sweetest pettiest thief in the world where if there is bung you know she's going to stick it right there Mm -hmm. in in the purse if there are little jams they're going right into yeah she's taking it if there are splendas those packets those bad boys are gone right (laughs) so i feel like i am following in my grandmother and my mom's footsteps with the candy that's laying around the house mj
1: it's a rite of passage but also like you got to get rid of it at some point well just little, and especially they're all bite-sized for the most part. I would assume it's easy. It's yeah. easy, but it's a trap. Will. this is where holiday um, holiday diets go out the window. The word holiday and the word diet should never be in the same sentence. And it starts with Halloween. Yeah, it, it, starts it is. With Halloween.
2: It, it is rough, but you know, for us being in the business that we're in, you know what isn't rough? Trades, trade deadlines. Nice. We've got news. I love it. Love this ten trades made on the trade deadline day involving 12 players, both most on a deadline Mm -hmm. day in the last 30 years. This was fantastic. I love it for you and I. It keeps us busy where we're on air Mm -hmm. and this is happening live. Um, Let me ask you this. I'm going to throw this out. A lot of teams help themselves. But who do you think went from good to great after this trade deadline?
1: I mean, the answer is obvious, and it is my Miami Dolphins. And I'm yeah. not just yeah, talking say about that. the huge Bradley Chubb addition. They signed yeah. to for five years, $119 million contract extension. I was talking to Adam Rank, um, our, our fantasy expert and colleague around the NFL Network, and he's like, wait a minute. Does the salary cap not apply to, to the Dolphins? <laughs> and to your point about your grandma and your mom, I feel like the Dolphins are, you know, in Christmas time, I, I always felt like we didn't have enough money and my mom would always find it like in a corner somewhere under the mattress in her purse. The Dolphins were like, no, we got it. Don't worry. We figured it out. We got a little nest egg waiting there for Bradley Chubb. But I don't know why I felt that the Jeff Wilson Jr. trade was a bigger addition. Wow, um, really? Yes. Bradley why? Chubb is going to make waves for this Dolphins defense. No question. This is Mm -hmm. going to be a nightmare to sort of game plan around for them. And and they're going to be getting after um, these opposing offenses. But Jeff Wilson Jr. was part of that Super Bowl run backfield with Mike McDaniel in San Francisco. It's a common theme here. You see with the 40, uh, with the Dolphins, but for a good reason, I think he's going to be fantastic with his Former teammate, now teammate again, Raheem Mostert. Um, this is this is huge. They're getting after it. They know that they have to keep up somehow with the Bills, who are just a juggernaut, not just in the AFC East, but in the AFC. And they're be aggressive. Got to be aggressive. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I love I, it.
2: I think it's a fantastic move. I think what they did, it tells me that they're all in on Tua. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. the fact that they're all in on Tua, they're making these moves with him and his rookie contract in mind. I think that Bradley Chubb, young, 26, it brings in a closer. And I think they're thinking long-term where they're thinking, okay, we're going to have to go on the road and we're going to have to chase around either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, maybe even Lamar Jackson. So for me, I love this move a lot. And it's great to see that Miami chapter of the San Francisco 49ers (laughs) Alumni Association has added another (laughs) member so that I think is fantastic so the Dolphins coincidentally will be going up against the Bears Bears. who made a move themselves and getting Chase Claypool and Mm -hmm. he is definitely going to be a difference maker for Justin Fields uh, and that offense and It brings up Aaron Rodgers for me because Aaron Rodgers has said, yeah, I own you. And now it felt like the Bears got over on him. So I want to touch upon Aaron Rodgers, though, but I do know Dolphins, Bears. That's at 1 p.m. at CBS. And then there are the Vikings. They're taking on the commanders 1 p.m. on Fox. And we'll get a chance to see. TJ Hawkinson. There's a lot of Vikings fans out there that say, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about us? Why aren't we in the conversation for being one of the best teams in the NFC? MJ? And they should be.
1: Six and one Vikings. Killing it, not just in their division, but overall. We had Alexander Madison on Total Access earlier this week. And you know what? Vikings fans, he stood up for y'all, as he should. He said that not only is kirk cousins a leader in that team he moved his locker closer to justin jefferson for various reasons not just leadership but he thinks it makes him a little bit more connected to sort of this younger uh, group of guys that is in that locker room that makes sense i really like this for you and listen i do i occasionally see a tweet here and there from vikings fans stop disrespecting us by not talking about <laughs> us you're right six and one team that we're not talking about enough. I think we have to pay attention, but I will say this, the caveat to that is be careful when you ask for attention.
2: (laughs) I know, the Kirk Cousins rule, right? The Kirk Cousins, like they become a little bit of the yeah, but team given Mm -hmm. how Kirk Cousins performs in uh, the prime time games. But I will say this, I think this eases the pressure off of him even more because now he has another weapon to work with you could make the argument that they have one of the top five skill position player groups in the NFL. And TJ Hawkinson reminds me a little bit of how Kittle is with the 49ers, both Iowa guys. They can block, but they're out out there getting 15 yards a catch. And Mm -hmm. now you've got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Dalvin Cook. So now there's not... Absolutely. And so that puts less of a burden, I think, on Kirk Cousins. I want to see how they do because up ahead they got the Bills. So let me see what they do and how that offense gets going against them. Now, another team, MJ, who I thought helped themselves out was Mm -hmm. the Ravens, where they ended up getting Roquan Smith. Huge. And to me, Roquan Smith is the typical Raven that you think of. He even went to Ray Lewis's camp. So he's got that linebacker in him, right? Mm -hmm, He's got, mm -hmm. he's got that mentality of being a tackling machine. And what I think he's going to do is help out Patrick queen, go on the blitzes. He's great in coverage and he's going to be the kind of guy that they'll need, especially if they see or come across a Derrick Henry, so he helps oh. out against opposing oh. teams and their running games and to hopefully uh, keep the, the uh, Ravens in the lead in some of these games because they have a lead in every single game.
1: Right. And they've given up double digit leads, which is something that is slightly concerning, but I think the, the bigger shock in this broke on Smith said himself that he was a little shocked. That he did get traded but also because the the ravens aren't that team to tip they're, they're pretty leery about bringing in guys or adding talent midway through the season right um mm-hmm. so this is a great opportunity there for them to upgrade at the linebacker position five and three in the afc north this is uh this is good
2: i like this it. This is good
1: for the ravens i like it. and they needed that boost mm-hmm. they needed that boost especially
2: well then that takes us to chisme and hmm. the teams who uh, didn't boost themselves surprisingly Uh, And there's a few teams. Uh, The Cowboys are on a buy, but I thought that they would go out and at least get somebody for that wide receiving core. I know that our NFL Network insider Tom Pelicero had said that they were talking with the representation of Brandon Cooks up -hmm. until the very last minute. Couldn't get anything done. I think that $18 million guaranteed the following year probably scared them off. But what scares me with the Cowboys, they have a Super Bowl caliber defense, but on offense, what happens if CeeDee Lamb is ineffective? What happens if CeeDee Lamb is injured? Then what? I know James Washington, he's working his way back. Michael Gallup is working his way back. But how confident do you feel in that receiving core? That's the only part of this that gives me pause.
1: You know why it doesn't give me pa- uh, pause? Well, because they have been running the ball so, so well. Even yeah. with Zeke out last year, uh, last week, Tony Pollard stepped in and had a freaking day. Awesome day. Awesome day. Not just because he got me 33 points in fantasy. Let's ah, okay. It's but the I think they team. realized. <laughs> Thank you. They got me, sealed me the win. But I think they're realizing, and Dak is realizing, We're we're well aware that he can throw for 4,000, 5,000 yards in a season, right? But that they don't have to. We've been talking about the Cowboys having to be more physical, having to run the ball. And that's exactly what they've been doing. And it's been working. Mm -hmm. They have the not only players to do so, the quarterback to do so, but they don't have to constantly just throw the deep ball down the field. They can eat up the clock and continue to run the ball and see success in it. And they have been. And I really like that. So I think that is going to help to your point. In making sure that guys don't get banged up, that they stay a little bit fresher because they're mm-hmm. going to be utilizing the run game a lot more um, in Dallas. And I really like that for them. It's I think for the past few seasons, many folks have been screaming at the TV like, just run the ball, get it going. And we're finally <laughs> right. seeing that from them, that balance, right? Um, I was a little, a little surprised that there wasn't more movement there, but yeah. I can see why. I can see why it, it sort of stayed steady.
2: Now you were talking about fans screaming at the TV. You know, I think was also screaming was oh, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I don't know the if you saw great. it, it reminded me, I don't know why, but I saw it on Twitter and it was trending that Kim Kardashian went to a birthday party, but she thought it was a Halloween party. So she was dressed as Mystique and she Which, had the full blown costume. blue yeah. <laughs> latex and the Movie color quality contact lenses we yeah, have of course yeah. right I mean that's what you would have mm-hmm. uh and so I feel like Aaron Rodgers with this trade deadline party he shows up in a disguise and his costume and he's looking around and it's like uh so we didn't uh, no one here has a, a costume here and and came up yeah. with nothing I was surprised by that uh and
1: and anyone needed to get a wide receiver it was it was
2: him and and that's why i'd mentioned the chase claypool then going to the bears a division rival uh but But, you know, I, I feel like maybe, in a sense, this is like waving the white flag for some huh. reason with the Packers. I mean, the run defense hasn't been very good. It feels like the defense in general seems a little vanilla. The run game actually worked against the Bills. I just didn't like right. them doing it uh, behind 17 points. That's right. not the way to do it. Um, that part. So, So it just feels like... I don't know if there's enough time for them to turn this thing around unless these receivers can really grow and be trusted.
1: You know, we keep saying like, oh, they didn't do anything, but I feel like there was at least aaron seemed to be of the mindset that they were going to potentially get somebody. Because I don't know if you saw his interview on the Pat McAfee show where he said, oh, I don't know. I was hoping we could break some news here together, Pat. And Pat's eyes lit up like this. I'm like, wait, who was it? Who were yeah. you interested in, Aaron? Tell us. Spill yeah. the tea. Do it. Um, <laughs> so it, it seemed like there was definitely interest in at least one person, but it didn't come to fruition. I I want that cheese. Paint. I want to yeah. know who that was.
2: Uh, no, no, me too. I want to know who that was. I, I do know that they've got a quote unquote get right game against mm-hmm. the Lions.
1: It's a trap. It's,
2: a, uh, trap. It, it's yeah. a trap game. It feels like it's a trap game. Yes, it is. Um, mm-hmm. So that's Packers and Lions, 1 p.m. Eastern on Fox. And then there are the Rams and the Bucks, who I didn't think would be in this position and who I actually thought were going to make moves of some kind because we've seen the Rams. They went after Von Miller and got him, and he was a major difference. And then with the Bucs, I thought at some point in time, they were also going to make a move to help themselves out. But this game game here between the Rams and the Bucs, boy, this is the desperation bowl
1: for me. This is insanity because both of these teams were playoff teams. Of course, the Rams lifting the Lombardi at the end, and now they have losing records. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know we're only halfway through the year, but we were talking about this on Total Access. Like The team that loses this, are they done? For the season I think uh, it, it might be at a point I where think, yeah it's around yeah
2: I mean listen what's going to help out the Bucks is that they are in a weaker division I think and and here's mm-hmm, the other mm-hmm. thing if there's a silver lining and I know I'm grasping but they got a mini buy and remember right. a couple of years ago when they went to the Super Bowl again different set of problems now yep. but they got out of that bye week and then they went on a run. So hopefully Mm -hmm. they can come out of this mini bye and get focused uh, because otherwise this season is going to be slipping away from them. And with the Rams, we know the O-line is an issue. They saw what uh, the 49ers did and getting Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Cooper Cup is banged up. Cooper Cup is banged up. So in the division now, they're looking up and they're seeing the Seattle Seahawks. You know, <laughs> and
1: the Forty ers right and there. And the
2: Forty ers mm-hmm. So uh, I will be interested to see this game, four twenty-five on CBS. This is going to be yeah. must see TV to see what Tom Brady and or McVeigh and company what they can cook up. All right, we are back, and that means Preguntas with Papi. I feel like you and he bond over these games on a daily basis, if I'm not mistaken, or is yes. it just like a weekly thing?
1: It's pretty random. Sometimes it's on a daily basis, depending on what's happening. The trade deadline definitely had us tripping a little bit more than usual. But okay. now we're at the point in the week where we're in the nitty-gritty and we're talking game picks. And the preguntas this week are all yeah. on my end. Cause I'm I, I want to know what my dad is thinking. And he's like leaving yeah. me on red, which is very rude. Mm. So oh. in his defense, he is at work, but still. Okay. Still, I'm your firstborn <laughs> child. I need immediate responses right away. Yeah. Right off the bat, I was like, okay, what games are you liking, Dad? And he's like, Boy con los Eagles, which means I'm going with the Eagles. Okay. Duh. Okay, of course, Dad. Claro, claro. I guess the Texans are still undefeated. I think they will remain as such. The one that has me questioning, Dad, are you okay? Is everything going all well? All right? Do we have to have a heart to heart? Todo bien. My dad is taking the Jets over the Bills this week. Okay. Let's not forget that we recently discovered that he is, in fact, a Bills fan. That he has picked the Jets. What do you know that I don't, Bobby? I need an. I need answers, and now I can't get a response from him. I've sent him seven texts in a row.
2: So are you even getting the me. bubbles? Are you getting any bubbles at all? Nothing. Or no? No, nothing.
1: no check marks, nothing. I'm very upset. I'm like, I do I call enough. him? Do I call my mom? Do I get her involved in this situation? I need answers. I want to understand what is happening here. Ever, all the other games were we're sort of in lockstep. We're in lockstep and everything else. And in, in he of course he picked the dolphins to win this week, so I'll forgive anything else that he says after that. But that that has me really questioning um, his mental state at the moment. And, and Zach
2: but, Wilson just threw another interception. Oh, wait, yeah, and Zach just Wilson now. just threw another interception. So uh, I'm very
1: confused. Um, that That's going to be an ongoing discussion this evening whenever he does get back to me. I, he's a very busy man. Um, I think he's gonna, trying to get as many hours in um, at his job because he's about to retire in a month. So I'll let it slide, but you can't hit me with, I'm taking the jets over the bills and then not answer any of my text messages. I've hit yeah. him on every medium too. WhatsApp um, in the text. I think I a, even sent him a, a Facebook message. You know, the last time I used that medium to message someone, he's ghosting me. He's ghosting me. This is very rude. Yeah. I am and gonna, actually, I am going to call my mom.
2: Check temperature pulse, all those things.
1: I'm getting the siblings involved, like all hands on deck. We need the family group chat going at this point. I I want to understand.
2: I I, okay. I just I love aspects of that Jets defense but I think Zach Wilson has regressed and yes. I think like he thinks he's in in college or he thinks that he's Patrick Mahomes where he can just go out of the pocket and make throws and I think that is going to kill any momentum that team has of so. course but
1: not only have they regressed but the Bills have not slowed down no. whatsoever no and Not they just got naeem hines bit. and they exactly. just got naeem
2: hines so another maybe weapon maybe he missed that
1: maybe he <laughs> another missed, toy yeah everybody send messages to poppy because something's going on there yeah. um while i figure out what's going on with pops yeah i want to know what we are buying or what we are sell buying so here's the question of the week buy or salva yeah stefan diggs will score on sauce Gardner since we are talking this Bills Jets game which is in that early afternoon window this Sunday
2: who is the sadistic person who is coming (laughs) up with these questions um okay so I think sauce Gardner has established himself as a lockdown corner Mm -hmm. uh I think that he has been able to go up against the likes of Jamar Chase Jalen Waddle Uh and Tyreek Hill. I know that he is tied with Trayvon Diggs for the NFL lead with 12 passes defensed. Uh Mm -hmm. more, more, more. All that being said, I am going to buy Stefan Diggs scoring here. I mean, yes. I just think he is the best route runner in the NFL. I think that he right now at top of his game, second in the NFL, 764 yards receiving tied for first with seven receiving yards he was jawing back and forth with jair alexander and look Mm -hmm. how that worked out for him so sauce i know you're dripping swag and confidence Mm -hmm. but in this case i gotta go with stefan diggs and he will score on sauce gardner
1: he's also the veteran here so it's one of those hey rook yeah yeah. Let me let me introduce you to the league and what and what this type of matchup really entails. I think it's going to be a very. I think it's going to be chippy. It's going to be chippy. For, yeah, it is. For, be fun. It's so so good. Okay, one more for you. Yeah. Buy yourself a Titans will manhandle the Chiefs. You know, Derrick Henry is trying to get after it. Yeah. And that defense definitely has their handful going up against Mahomes in this offense. Buying Rsalva
2: uh okay so i think the titans they are rolling i think that derrick henry is a mac truck that cannot be stopped
1: it's prime time sunday night
2: but i will absolutely go with selva on this i'm taking oh, the chiefs here okay. i'm taking the chiefs i'll tell you why they had an extra week to get ready for this And I love the way that they have been game planning from week to week. So Mm -hmm. you give Andy Reid an extra week, you are going to pay for it. So that's number one. Also consider it was the worst loss for Patrick Mahomes in that week seven mauling that they underwent. So I think he's going to be extra juice for this. They're also going to have Kadarius Toney as well. And what I think is going to happen is they're going to go out. They are going to score a bunch of points. And then the Titans will have to abandon the run. And they're going to have to rely on Ryan Tannehill if he's healthy or Malik Willis. So I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this case.
1: I will say, similar to the Vikings, the Titans are sort of that other team has sneakily, quietly strung together five wins in a row, and we're really not discussing that as much as we should be. But it's it's kind of like the Bills, right? They're in that same breath. The Chiefs are a juggernaut. Any given Sunday, I know. In their case, any given Sunday night, the Titans do tend to show out a little bit. Yeah, they do. In prime time, but they are in Kansas City. And Chiefs' kingdom is no joke. No joke. All right, I know you got a Perro Macho brewing this week, and again, in an unexpected game. Who's your yeah. Perro Macho this week?
2: So my Perro Macho, um, he was on Good Morning Football, so maybe it's the recency bias of having him on, but we ended up getting. <laughs> Number nine, the one with the red baggy sleeves out there, Matt Judon. Uh, The Patriots are hosting the Colts Mm -hmm. 1 p.m. on CBS. And I believe that Judon and company are licking their chops because here is another quarterback that they are seeing in Sam Ellinger that they are going to eat up. I mean, this Patriots defense gets after it. Also, he is tied for the league lead in sacks with Darius Smith with eight and a half. So wow. Judon and this Patriots defense, they have 16 takeaways. So they totally know how to disrupt a quarterback, especially the young ones. We mentioned Zach Wilson. Oh, and there's another interception Zach just threw. Uh, they go after the quarterback, and he's a big reason why. So for me, it's number nine. He is El Perro Macho.
1: Wait, do you think he gets to double-digit do the sacks after this game?
2: I think he can. That's Woo! a great question. I think he totally does. Okay, so that, that is so so. You had me do kind of a hybrid perro macho, and yeah. you know, buy yourself, and I'm buying that as buy- well. <laughs> 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 I <laughs>
3: like
2: that big time. Um, so now we also have one other uh, piece of business business business. Right? I guess you could say that. Yeah, uh, platano power. Dime Platano Power, who are you watching?
1: Man, if you were paying attention even a little bit on Sunday, you know the man who had multiple, let's say three helpings of Platanos the last Sunday was Max CMC. Christian McCaffrey scoring three different ways, threw for a touchdown pass, ran one in, and that hero leap from Jimmy Garoppolo in the end zone. I mean, defying the laws of gravity. CMC came in and did exactly what the 49ers knew he would do knew he could do and they needed him to do it what a game changer he is I mean unbelievable athleticism I don't know if you saw that Debo Samuel who was of course hurt um for that last game was on the sideline thanking the front office thank you for bringing this man here yeah look at that they did all that without Debo in the mix this offense is going to be insane. The bye week that they have now, good CMC, you deserve a little break, just a little breather. <laughs>
2: yeah. You well, went out there woo, balled out. Holy I, rolling. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, they're gonna face the Chargers coming out of mm-hmm. the bye week. And I do think that they vaulted themselves, the 49ers, that is, to yeah. number three in the NFC behind the Eagles, the Cowboys. That's where I would put the 49ers and then the Vikings. That's how I look at it. I know Vikings fans are going to be mad at me, but. I'd be um, scared
1: to go up against the 49ers the way that they are playing right now because it is clicking. They are second in the NFC West, but right on the heels of the Seahawks. And now with CMC on there and a defense that's getting healthy again.
2: I know. I know. Look out. Look out. They are awesome. And you know what else is awesome, too? We got Mm -hmm. a guest. Angela Johnson. Reyes. She is a comedian, actress, and author. We're going to talk to her about all kinds of stuff, including her experience as a Raiderette. Can't wait to get into it.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring,
1: Okay, this is a moment yes. on the El Huddle podcast. Let's go. With us today, we have Angela Johnson Reyes, comedian, actress, author. What can't she do? Thank you for yeah. coming out with us, Angela. Yeah, hey. what's up, Angela? Hey, thank you for having me. So, so excited to have you here because I'm usually the Lone Ranger in this respect. A woman in the media, a woman in, just in a... Somewhat complicated space right you in, in the world of comedy and acting myself in sports, but we have a common thread. We have a common thread. It's the NFL cheerleader thread. All right. Yes. Raiderette
2: see I'm out on Miami this. Dolphins
1: cheerleader. Oh, come on. Well, you got the, <laughs> uh, the Mac cosmetics numbers down. You know, you got a little bit of that in you too. Um, NW35. I, I'd love to hear just a little bit about your your story as part of Raider Nation, a team yeah. that I covered very closely um, in the NFL and your time as as a At
3: Yeah. I'm And I'm so curious, too. What when did you cheer? What what seasons did you cheer? I
1: mean, now we're going to age ourselves. Uh, 2012 and 2013.
3: Oh, girl, I'll go back even further, girl. 2002, to yeah.
1: 2003. Hit. Yeah. Yes.
3: OK.
1: <laughs> now, I was a little um, older when I made the team. I will <laughs> okay I, will I, I started auditioning in 2003. it took me a minute it took me a minute girl but we got there what was your favorite part of being just not only part such an integral part of game day but uh-huh. being part of the of the reader at family
3: oh man so many things um one for me it was the beginning of my life as an entertainer which i didn't yeah. know that that was going to be my life but it was like my my training ground. It was my mm-hmm. introduction. It was I learned how to take a photo, you know, because otherwise, who teaches you how to like pose in a photo, how to smile no chin one. up, not you know what I mean? Like, no. so I learned how to be a public figure with mm-hmm. being a, an Oakland Raiderette, and um, I learned how to sign an autograph. Like I had, never, why would I sign an autograph? So I learned <laughs> how to do an autograph. Like I learned how to carry myself and I don't know if if you guys had to do this with uh Miami Dolphins but
1: we had to take etiquette classes did you guys have to do that we had to Hmm. so like we had to learn it it was more so for our safety and how to interact with the fans Uh and to your point in being the most forward facing public figures in in the franchise like Uh most people will interact with the cheerleaders way before they ever ever meet their favorite player right like oh yeah you're you're like the front lines of like Welcome to the game. This is yes. like your game day experience. So we had to yes, interact. But we also uh, were tested on our football IQ. Oh, so it was like that's very, important, that very important. Very no. important that we knew our stuff um, because the fans certainly know their stuff. And you'd right. say less when it comes to Raiders fans, right? Like they are right. in it, honey. Like they Yeah, are in yeah, it, so. yeah
3: we had to do full on etiquette classes where we had to learn like our forks. You start with the outside, you work your way in. Like when you take a Bread sip, and drinks, take <laughs> your your napkin and you wipe your lipstick off of your glass and like all, we had to do like all the etiquette classes. Um, and so yeah, being at Raiderite was like my introduction to being an entertainer. But one thing I uh, that stands out in my mind that I, I loved about the experience is um, before the game, you know, when everybody's tailgating in the parking mm. lot, Yes. they'll send out one of the lines. So we had four mm-hmm. lines and, you know, the short girls are line one and yep. it gets taller, taller, taller. Right. So <laughs> yep. each game they would rotate. And when it was our turn, line one to go roam the tailgating, like they would just have us, you know, with security walking up and yes. down. Like oh,
2: that must've like, been, oh, <laughs> must been an adventure. That must've been an adventure.
3: Oh, Oh, did, let me tell you because Raider fans can be scary, but not for us because they love us. Like, exactly, there yeah. are security, there are like let somebody try to mess with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, but they, yeah, that was so fun to be able to walk through and and again being like the introduction to being a public figure like you're having all these little kids like come up to you and they want to take pictures with you and like they love you they love you and like it's it's crazy so that was that was pretty cool oh and I also loved um when we'd be on the field and the fans especially season ticket holder uh they would know our routines and so as yes. soon as certain music would start you could see some of the fans they would cuz we had it they would be numbered right and then our captain would like call the number and then we'd do the routine so as soon as the music start and they would nod they go two and they would like <laughs> yell out our routine to us that we were about to do
1: did your family grow up as Raiders fans like was that around you uh, often
3: we did, but we weren't diehard. We weren't like yeah. every, every game, everybody's wearing Raider gear. We were just, we were Raiders fans. And some of our, my, you know, like cousins and stuff, they're Niners fans. But oh for my, my personal immediate family, we were Raiders family.
2: Wow. Okay. Raiders so Raiders. growing up in San Jose, you are a Oakland Raider fan. So then you become a Raiderette. You're on the field. Probably saw some great players up close. Was there something or somebody that you saw where you're like, wow, this is cool. I'm a Raiderette. I'm right up here. And I'm able to see the action and some of these great players play in front of me.
3: Yeah. um, My favorite was uh, Lincoln Kennedy because Link. he was just such was
2: awesome a The
3: best. Love, like such a love oh. and i didn't get to know him personally but i remember i would just watch him like interact with people and at any um pr event that we were at and he was there too i'd be like man he's just my favorite like i really just enjoyed watching him and he was just he just exuded to me like charisma and love and and I i just really enjoyed him
1: I have a Lincoln Kennedy story because when I left um, when I moved to California, I started off in San Diego. There's a lot of Raiders fans down there too. Yeah. Um, and when I got the job with the NFL network specifically to cover the Raiders and the Niners, one of my coworkers said, you got to meet my friend link. And I was like, do you mean Lincoln Kennedy? By any chance. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah and the moment I got to my first Raider game as a reporter for the <laughs> NFL Network, he went out and found me, and he said, "Sis, whatever you need, so and so connected us." Like, I got, you. and to this day, is still someone who looks out for me, reaches out if you need anything. Oh, love what you're doing. So he's the is best. As as advertised, just the coolest, coolest dude. I love that that's who wow. you out. Yeah, but, and please send him my love.
3: He'll have no idea oh, well. who I am. I never, <laughs> he will. I never got he to will to know him. He will. Tell him I've been a fan from the sidelines. <laughs>
1: I absolutely guarantee that he will know that. Now, I love that you also mentioned that that was your introduction into sort of the world of entertainment, the world of a performer, because your career as a comedian, as an actress, as now an author, um, for those who don't know if you have not been on to angela johnson reyes get to it where you been yeah. I've been, she's been cracking me up for a minute now um but it, it's an interesting space to navigate and i recently saw an interview with you where you said that going out one of your first sets at a comedy club you know went out full glam yes but that it was kind of tough to get people to buy in mm-hmm. and sort of you had to strip away a bit of that like put your hair in a ponytail take off your lips so by the way was the exact same thing they told me when I started working in sports. Ooh. So how have you been able to sort of square that and sort of evolve in your own identity as not just yourself as Angela, but also as a performer? You know, it's been a journey
3: and there's there's things that I was taught in the industry. And, you know, I remember that moment of the comedy club manager telling me, you know, in the first show, I could not get people on my team. I could not get them to just listen to what I was saying. And he did the whole, you know, go put on your hoodie sweater, you know, cover up Mm -hmm. your body, take your lipstick off, put your hair in a ponytail and try it again. And it was night and day. And so there was something to be said like that. There is something about, you know, disarming people disarming Mm. women who could be intimidated or who could be, um, I don't want my man looking at you or whatever it is. Oh, why are you laughing at her? What's so funny? Like whatever, you know,
1: all the things. Yeah.
3: And uh, this first show that was in Miami, by the way, that I learned this lesson. Um, And then also for guys to get Mm -hmm. distracted, they're not even listening to what I'm saying because they're just looking at me. Um, So and, and also the things that I'm talking about, I wasn't, the jokes that I was saying weren't about my body. They weren't about, right. um, like, I wasn't calling attention to what I look like and sure. the things that I was saying. So it wasn't matching up. And so when I covered up and I became uh, the homegirl, I became... Uh, you know, the guy's girl, the one that will probably talk sports with you, the one that like, oh, she's cool. We can hang right. with her. Mm-hmm, when I mm-hmm. became her, then it was like, oh, they were listening to what I'm saying. And then it was funny. But also there was a uh, a piece of me that is very tomboy that I would use that as my security blanket. Oh, and so yeah. then it became this jacket that I would wear to protect myself. And so it was yep. less about um, this mathematical equation of how to get the audience on your team. Because once people knew who I was, they knew what to expect. And people were coming to my show as fans because they saw my YouTube videos or they saw my social media or whatever it was, then it's like, they already know what I look like. So it's not a surprise, but I would still wear this, this cape, this thing as like a, a protective thing. And it's crazy going from like professional cheerleader where, you know, we got the cleavage out, honey, We got, you know, the Nalga showing, we got like all the things, (laughs) like we're just out there like, hey, yeah. (laughs) to then go to this all of a sudden, like zipped up, like protect myself, don't look at my body, don't look, you know what I mean? So it was, it's been a journey for me personally evolving, like as a woman and I'm getting comfortable with my body and with being on stage by myself like it's different when you're in a cheerleading uniform with fellow cheerleaders and you're out there like you blend in but standing by yourself in a room full of men and women to have the cleave out and all the things it's different like it's Uh a whole different thing so yeah it's been a journey
2: I I can only imagine because as a comedian, you're also trying to find your voice, right? And connecting and being a storyteller to the audience. And yet you're kind of going through this journey to find your identity. Mm -hmm. And so how has the journey been for you where you had that jacket, that was your safety blanket to where you are now?
3: Uh, so now I feel like there's there's still a part of me that stays uh, covered up and stays um, less distracting on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, my last taping that I just did—it's my sixth one-hour special—and yes. Um, yes, yes, honey, That's yeah, awesome. It was, That's what talking time, about. it was the first time I showed like midriff uh, mm-hmm. in a taping. And it's been girl, it's like this much midriff. It's like very, <laughs> <Right>. like, sliver, <laughs> you know, yeah. you did it know? feel lib-
2: liberating, though.
3: <laughs> but it did, though. And I okay. wore like some elevated boots, you know, some like higher booties, a little okay. bit midriff and whatever. So there's still a part of me that like I'm comfortable in the tomboy uniform. I feel yeah. confident in the tomboy uniform. I feel like I could fight somebody in the tomboy uniform and then you know when i get more feminine it's um something that i've been practicing embracing so it's something that i can embrace in my off time and marrying the two into my stand up performance is still like me finding that balance
1: look i got to tell you i i'm like half twitching right because so many of the of the exact words that you're saying are words that have been almost used as weapons against me, right? Like in Mm. my entire career, like there's so many parallels there in terms of don't be distracting, um, strip away your femininity so that you can be credible so that people do take you serious, seriously. And I had a very similar struggle where I'm like, wait a minute, I know what I'm doing and I'm very good at my job. So why does that matter? Like whether you're a tomboy or you're a complete glamazon or anywhere in between who you are, as you are, is so important to show up in that way. But to get to the point where you can show up that way is hard it's a really steep climb and so like i i'm I, i'm somewhat comforted in hearing part of your journey because i know there's a lot of peaks and valleys in between yes. there girl to getting to that point um but i i feel a little less alone in 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 feeling that because i've only known it in the aspect of specifically the sports world but of course it bleeds over into yeah every aspect of that and is that something that you touch on in your in your memoir who do i think i am because i love the name of this book
3: thank you yes i do touch on that i touch on me being a tomboy and all the things and not just in work life like you know like we just talked about like blending in credibility all the things but yeah. even like coming from faith and like deconstructing mm-hmm. and um, peeling away a lot of shame um, that I have yeah. carried from growing up conservative Christian and like cover up your body. And I remember when yeah. I, I did make the squad for the Oakland um, I got a lot of flack from uh, a yeah. Christian community, just like about scandalous you know, like, scandal. Oh my gosh. It's just, <laughs> yeah. I remember this one time this guy came to me and he was like, um, what do you think, what does your dad think about you wearing this uniform? And I was like, he's really proud of me. What do you mean? And he was like, well, "Well, what do you think Jesus thinks about you wearing this uniform? And I was like, "Uh, I think he's proud too, probably. Yeah. Like people love to put on their projection, their interpretation of how things should be done and what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. And so from the very beginning, I've always had I've dealt with a lot of shame from like my upbringing and in religious ways. So there has been a lot of which I talk about in my book, a lot of me having to unlearn and and take the shame off of me to really just embrace my body, embrace beauty, embrace sexuality. Like none of these things are bad. And that takes a lot of work. And I talk about that in my book as well.
2: Well, uh, and, and you mentioned, you know, also like what you Oh, well, were you, were you going to say something? Whole, no, it's just no, a whole yeah, word you're, you're taking just, us to
1: church this morning.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just feel like that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You know, like even for myself, the way that I can relate to both of you, obviously, you've both proud of both of you, what you've done. And I look for myself. People wanted me to change my name because they wanted to be the Latino guy. Um mm. And so that also had perceptions of what people think a Latino should look like, how they okay, should yeah. act like and who they should be. So I know that you have the Johnson Reyes. I know your hubby mm-hmm. uh, has something to do with that, but... How does that figure into everything that we've been talking about? because you're soaring through a lot of different feelings and emotions and uh, as you go through, like, again, finding your identity and you you ask the question, "Who do I think I am?
3: Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um, I always wanted a Spanish last name my whole life. Mm. I okay. wish I grew up Angela Johnson, like the most all-American name you could ever think of she you see that name you think she's either black or she's white those are the only options that Mm -hmm. you get for angela johnson so i always wanted to be rodriguez sanchez um gonzalez like something (laughs) give me something spanish my whole life and then um then i became this public figure and then i became Hmm. branded angela johnson angela johnson so now i'm angela johnson then i get married to reyes and i finally get my spanish last you won the lotto but i was already branded angela johnson (laughs) yeah so i was like dang it and so i've been married for 11 years and i just now took my husband's name when i wrote this book because i was like listen I'm not going to change my name and confuse all the fans buying tickets to my stand-up shows. Like, I'm going to oh, no. wait till I have an actual reason to change my my branded name. I'm going to wait yeah. till I have a reason, like either like I book this TV show or whatever, like That's something pops off and then it and none of the TV shows ever popped up. So um then I, I wrote this book and I was like, well, this is the perfect opportunity to like reintroduce myself and to people who haven't heard of me, who will hear of me through this book. So that's when I finally decided to add my married name, Angela Johnson Reyes, finally got my Spanish name.
1: <laughs> that is so, so, It's so funny that you, you say you had to wait, right, to take that on. I did the opposite. I was like, we hyphenated right away. Hi, Fellow hyphenate. Uh, yes. Here, real quick, your husband Boricua. Yes, as is mine, girl. As oh, is mine. What's your what's your bloodline? I'm Dominican.
3: Okay, you're which doing is like again. a
1: complicated, you know um, <laughs> identity, right? Because like from the Caribbean, we're just mixed with so many different things. Mm-hmm. I, I, I very much embrace my black side and my like my afro roots, my African roots, um you know, identify as afro-Latina, uh, which is something that was new to me in the last few years. but yes, um married a new Eurecan to be very specific because that's another mm. type. Yes, Puerto Rican for those who don't know. So I was watching um, some of your clips recently and I was like, I get a girl. If I see one yeah. more Puerto Rican flag in this house. Yeah. There's no more room. <laughs> uh,
2: are either of are either of you Nicaraguan? I mean, I'm Nicaraguan. Are either of you anybody?
1: No. Oh, anybody? no Jeez. i'm gonna check my 23 and me it might be <laughs> so
3: funny i do have my one of my opener comedians uh his name is Neri signs he's Nicaraguan, and he, okay. he has a lot of Nicaraguan jokes you should definitely check him
1: out his name I is Neri Signs, and he's hilarious uh real quick angela when people talk about identity especially within the latino and hispanic community it's a it's an evolving thing right like we have Mm -hmm. phrases now where people can can identify as latinx as latine as and everything in between and it's and it's such an an evolving thing right like we're still trying to figure it out shoot i'm 30 years old and i'm still trying to figure it out (laughs) um it it's how has that journey been for you and especially when it ties in um to to your memoir now in, in in coming to this place where you feel so grounded in who you are
3: oh man so like i said it's been a journey this all life is a journey in all aspects Mm -hmm. that you want to take it work faith identity and um i feel like where i'm at now is a place where i've embraced that i am fourth generation mexican-american i always wanted to be like that first generation like i still have all my family in mexico And like, we all speak Spanish and we're just very in tune with culture. And I had my quinceanera. God, I have none of that. My mom don't speak Spanish. (laughs) Like, I don't have nothing. That's real. Like, and that was stuff that I was ashamed of growing Mm. up and that I I wished I was always something else. I wanted to be more of what I, I just innately am. Like I am this, but I wanted to be more, how to be more, how do you be more of something that you just are? You don't. And so it took a while to get to the place of, of radical acceptance of who I am and that I am enough. I am enough Mexican. I am enough woman. I am enough feminine. I am enough um, beauty. I am enough, whatever, fill in the blank to get to the place of I am enough has been a journey. And it used to bother me so much when people would be like, Oh, you don't speak Spanish. And now I've made so many jokes about the fact that I don't speak Spanish that it's like, I, I, who cares when people are like, oh my God, you don't speak Spanish. I'm like, nah, girl, I wish. And then I'll (laughs) go into my own jokes about me. Like I'll (laughs) Eminem myself. You know what I mean? I'll be like, I just, I hit me harder than you can hit me about not speaking Spanish. So it's been a journey though. And I still, it's so funny because like, I still, We'll wake up sometimes and be like oh, i need to learn spanish oh i wish i spoke spanish but <laughs> i mean i guess i don't wish hard enough otherwise i would just learn you know but it's just i don't want to do the work is what it is that's what i've come down it's a, to a lot is. It
1: is. Spanish is my first language and it's still hard sometimes when i don't speak it for a while i'm like oh there's the yeah. green guy in me whoopsies but it doesn't to your point speaking spanish or not does not make you any less of who you are and it yep. doesn't strip away your background, your family history, and of course your upbringing. Angela, thank you so much uh, for sharing part of your journey with us. Thank you. We're so excited to have been able to spend this time with you, appreciate you girl. Thank you for
3: having me.
2: Wow, she was awesome to have on. I felt like we could have spoken to Angela for hours. Did so we just become best funny, friends? Interesting things, right? That's I what hope it feels so. like. <laughs> it feels For like time. she was awesome and learned a lot. And go get her book. Go get her book and watch her specials as well.
1: She's phenomenal. Can't get enough. Can't get enough.
2: All right. So now we are um, in the final block of the pod. Mm-hmm. I punto. Uh, and as we were doing this pod, you got... A response from your dad who had uh, ghosted you, and it sounds like he was also throwing shade as well.
1: I listen. This is what happens when I haven't seen him in person in too long. He gets real, real Andre. So he finally responds to me as to why he's taking the Jets over the Bills, and he's like, "I don't know that that last week's game against the Packers was closer than I thought. Now people have them, um like outscoring them by like two touchdowns. He's like, I don't know." But let's see yeah. what you experts say tomorrow on the show. Is that shade? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just a little. <laughs> wow. I mean, but now he's got me doubting my picks.
2: No, nah, you got to like stick with Jedi
1: him. mind tricks by Yeah, no,
2: no, no, no. Stick with them for sure. He
1: said, que dicen ustedes los expertos mañana. Los
2: expertos. You
1: guys, the experts. Wow, dad. Wow. Maybe he meant it as a compliment because you know when you read things? No. The con- no, that's what he no, meant He said no. what he said. Yeah, he
2: said no, he, he did. <laughs> Los expertos. I mean, come on, ese en modo sarcástico. Is what my mom would say. Yes, she would say. I'm calling him
1: immediately. Yeah,
2: yeah, no. So you have to, you have to check in on it. See, I liked it when you said you had to check in out. on him, and you didn't know because now, you know. Uh, now we know. Yeah, now we now we know. So I um so, y punto for me is the fact that going back to our discussion at the very beginning. F them picks that philosophy at the rams did mm. i feel like uh-huh. <laughs> that's what everybody did f them picks right there
1: was a meme with the dolphins gm with that phrase yes. on the bottom i was, yes. dying. was fantastic
2: right it's that was good. great and so overall i think that's it i think that people are seeing we want stars who can perform now who are uh-huh. proven and we will worry about the salary cap and the numbers and and all that comes with it later on. So that is yeah. me, punto.
1: I think for me, it's that this is the true halfway point of the season, right? Because we have that extra week um, now each year. And for some teams, they know, okay, we can ramp it up. We can take it to another throttle and really make a run here. Like, let's use this extra week to our advantage and make the moves that we have to do. And for the rest of yous, who didn't make any There's moves. Use. Of views, it feels like they're throwing in the towel. and it, it, it like an insurmountable situation. The tread the trade deadline happens when it does for a reason, right? It's mm-hmm. a line of demarcation in the year, not just in how hard you want to go for this, but also in in maybe just realizing, you know what the season isn't for us um not to say that people won't go out there and compete but i think it's being realistic of who you're going up against what the rest of your schedule looks like and sort of listening to the an- analytics and the probabilities of your playoff chances with that said i can't wait to see what surprises the second half of the year uh brings to us because if it's one mm-hmm. thing we can count on in the nfl expect the unexpected
2: ebook will y punto excellent expect the unexpected on el huddle every single week join mj and i as we break everything down and of course throw in a little bit of spanglish a little shade from her dad <laughs> wherever your podcasts are available make sure to download us subscribe favorite us anything and everything we are here for you you're here for us let's make this happen see everybody adios prima
1: adios